2: hey everybody david brody here welcome to the pods honest truth uh glad to be back with you or i guess if you downloaded this you're kind of back with me but either way uh, glad for the relationship hey speaking of relationships uh, we're going to talk about Pete Buttigieg today you know uh this just in he's gay uh don't take my word for it i mean he he actually says it obviously he's openly gay and the question we're going to talk about today on the podcast and discuss and analyze uh, and get you facts on is, is America ready for a gay president? Now, that pretty much is the bottom line question that we're going to try and explore and answer today. And as you know, my new podcast explores the intersection of culture, religion, faith, politics, all of that. And there's so much to discuss every day. And boy, I tell you what, Pete Buttigieg has really taken the country by storm. And so therefore it begs the question, is America indeed ready for a gay president. But before we get to that, uh, look, the New Hampshire primary, obviously Tuesday night. And boy, oh boy, let me just say right now, uh, there are gonna be many experts that are gonna tell you that Bernie Sanders is the front runner for the nomination. Do not buy that at all. Obviously a case can be made for Bernie, but the real front runner here is Pete Buttigieg. He really is the Democrats' best candidate, first of all. I mean, he's just Obama-like, if you will. Oh, and by the way, he's not a socialist. And oh, by the way, he's more electable than Bernie. As a matter of fact, some of those exit polls from New Hampshire suggest, or not suggest, actually show, these are exit polls from New Hampshire showing that the voters in New Hampshire that want a candidate that can beat Trump, guess who wins out of all of those Democrats? 28% Buttigieg, 28% over 21% for Bernie. So clearly electability uh, is something they think Buttigieg actually can do when it comes to the general election. So look, I, I really think that Buttigieg here, you can make the argument that he's the guy to beat right now. And in terms of delegates, look, I mean, nine delegates each from New Hampshire. Uh, Sanders got nine, but Buttigieg did two, And Buttigieg actually leads in delegates at least now, 22-21. So you can... Uh, from an empirical standpoint, also make the case that P. Buttigieg technically is the the front runner, even though Bernie Sanders did get more of the popular vote, barely, in both Iowa and New Hampshire. And then we're on, of course, to uh, Nevada, Nevada. Oh, gosh, I'm going to get corrected. Is it Nevada or Nevada? Can we get a fact check? Let me check with my staff. Oh wait i don't have any staff hold on anyhow i think it's nevada all right go ahead and send me an email uh d brody the news brody and tell me if it's nevada or nevada and uh and then i'll stand corrected anyhow that's february 22nd that's a big one bernie leading a lot of hispanics out there about a third of the electorate uh <clears throat> or excuse me a third of voters out in new ham or uh nevada Uh, are Hispanics, So that'll be important. And then, of course, uh, the big, uh, how do we call it, the Biden firewall, if you will, February 29th uh, in South Carolina. And, of course, African-Americans, very important down there. And, of course, within the Democrat Party. And Buttigieg has some work to do there, for sure. We can get into that in another podcast. But that's, like I said, it's a totally uh, another podcast. One last thing that's interesting about New Hampshire, very important. In 2016, Bernie actually won New Hampshire by 22 uh, percentage points over Hillary Clinton. It was it was a knockout. This year, it's less than 2%. Uh, maybe you're right. Eventually, when the tally comes in, it could be less than 1%, but the bottom line is, Buttigieg did very, very well there. That has to be a, a bit of a concern, I would think, uh, for Bernie. So, and, and also, I want to dispense with this notion real quick that Buttigieg and Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar are moderates and centrists. That is spin from the media that you get out there that's not true they're not centrist at all they're left i mean they're they're left democrats but they only appear as moderate or centrist because bernie sanders is is in a galaxy far far left and socialist away from everybody else so bernie makes those three look like members of the Tea Party, basically. So you have to understand the context of that, and I think that's important. Uh, Anyhow, I can get into a lot more with New Hampshire, but I really do want to talk in this podcast about whether or not uh, Pete Buttigieg could become the first openly gay president uh, in American history. We're going to talk more about that with Adam Wren from Politico. He wrote a great article. It's more than an article. It's like, I don't want to call it war and peace, but it's it's like a, Gone with the Wind, if you will. It's that long, but it's great. It's uh, Being Gay on the Campaign Trail with Pete Buttigieg. That's the title. Great title, by the way. It'll give you some flavor, give you a sense of what uh, it's like out there covering Buttigieg and whether or not being gay is an issue for him in terms of winning uh, the Democrat nomination. All right, first though, I wanna remind you, obviously, uh, we are the Pod's Honest Truth, part of a new and exciting endeavor here Just The News. Remember, Just The News is a new digital site coming this month, and we're gonna give you facts. We're not gonna give you spin. Look, my analysis, when I give you analysis, let's remember, that's not my opinion. Uh, That analysis is based on facts, and then you can decide uh, from there. Because, you know, look, this is important. In this day and age, you get so many media headlines, and you've got to be able to sift through it. We try to do that the best we can uh, at justthenews.com and of course here on the podcast. So we're going to launch the website uh, later this month and you can hear my new podcast. Also, John Solomon has a new podcast uh, out called John Solomon Reports. Uh, Cheryl Atkinson has her new podcast as well on the Just the News uh, site. So just keep checking in at justthenews.com and of course, while you're there, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, maybe you can get some takeout. Uh, I believe we're ordering, uh, do, do we not have Mexican? I believe we have Mexican food as well. that you can that's not true we don't have mexican food but we do have these podcasts so go ahead and subscribe uh and of course you can not just subscribe to the pods honest truth but those podcasts as well and we're all on itunes and stitcher and iHeartRadio anywhere you get your podcast so subscribe and don't forget to rate me leave a review i'm hoping it's a five star review if it's four stars i'll deal with it if it's three stars i'll I'll let my mom know and i'll report you to my mother uh but hopefully we won't get to the three star and we get to the two star forget it i mean at that point i'm going into therapy because i just can't i can't deal with one and two star reviews i mean that's just i mean my ego how am i going to handle that all right uh we're going to take a commercial break when we come back a closer look into whether America is ready for the country's first openly gay president. We're back in a moment.
0: Deborah's home was stolen. No, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest growing white-collar crimes. And this story is why you need Home Title Lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, "I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity gone." Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. This is why you need Home Title Lock because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first. Go to home title lock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to home now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's home title lock.com. home title lock.com. And welcome back to the Pods
2: Honest Truth with David Brody. Yours truly. Actually, that's not really the name of the podcast fully. I mean, it's, well, it's The Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody, but it's not with yours truly. I mean, you'll never see yours truly. That's just a little flavor I threw in clearly Uh, all right let's get to the data on whether or not uh, America is ready for a gay president of course we're talking about Pete Buttigieg Uh, before we do that I want you to listen to this Iowa voter Uh, this video uh, you may have seen it's gone viral out there this is an Iowa voter on caucus night she finds out that Pete Buttigieg is gay originally she had voted for him and now wants to take and take back her vote change it because she finds out that he's gay so have a listen you saying that he has the same-sex partner? He, yes, yes, yes. Are you kidding? Yeah, he's married to him, yeah. Well, then I don't want anybody like that in the White
1: House.
2: So can I have my card back? I don't know. Sign it. We could go ask.
1: I never knew that. Oh, so,
2: be, oh, like, the whole point of it out, is, though, and he's, he's a human being, right? Just like you and me, and shouldn't really matter. That's what. Well, he better read the what, Bible. He does, and he says that God doesn't choose a political party. because Why does it say in the Bible that a man should marry a woman then? Well, I totally respect your viewpoint on this. I so totally do. But I think that we were not around. How come this has never been brought out before? It's it's It's
1: common knowledge. knowledge. I never
2: heard it. And now I want you to listen to Pete Buttigieg talking to NBC News about that incident. Here it is.
1: There's a video out there of a woman in Iowa who caucused for you. And when she found out that you were gay, she changed her mind. How real is that? How big of an issue is that for you?
0: It will happen. Uh, And the most extraordinary thing, I just saw that video today, actually. How'd you feel? Well, first of all, I felt proud of our organizer, volunteer, the the campaign uh, representative, who on my behalf was speaking to her, and speaking to her with respect uh, living out the values that this campaign has been asking our, our volunteers and organizers, uh, organizers to live by the whole time. And trying to reach out in the name of compassion to that woman's heart. Uh, I'm sad to see that, that it doesn't seem that she reached her. But also think that that is part of what change looks like, deep, real change, is looking people eye to eye and engaging them with compassion so clearly this
2: is an issue uh it will be an ongoing issue providing buddha uh continues to accumulate more delegates so we need to go inside the numbers here a little bit and get you some data so you can come up uh, with an informed decision once again important here just the news we are not telling you what to think. we are giving you food for thought if you will from nonpartisan uh places and then you can come up with your own opinion but Uh, i think it's important to start this conversation out by basically saying that we've been through this before if you think about it not not with a gay president (laughs) but with uh remember 1960 uh, john kennedy a catholic Uh, could a catholic win the white house back in 1960 and then of course there was barack obama now, can an African-American uh, be president of the United States? Of course, the answer, yes. And then the first women, woman president. We still haven't seen that yet. Hopefully, we will soon, but it wasn't with Hillary. And now, uh, what about the first openly gay president? But, you know, the the politics... And specifically, the numbers are interesting here. There was a morning consult poll. This is registered voters. 50% of folks said they were either definitely or probably ready to have a commander in chief who is openly gay. Interesting. Okay, 50%. You say that? That's interesting. Now listen to this. These same people were asked, do they think the country, not themselves, but do they think the country is ready for an openly gay president? 40% said yeah, they thought the country was ready. So we went from fifty percent if it's them, forty percent to the country, and then they were asked do they think that their neighbor <laughs> is ready for a gay president, and now the numbers are really dipping down to about twenty-five percent. About a quarter of folks said yes. So you can kind of see there that uh what they may think specifically in the poll is much different than what they think their neighbor thinks down the block and what the talk is on the block. There is still a lot of that in America, so that shouldn't be discounted uh we've seen in south carolina pride for pete uh buttons we've seen boot edge edge and rainbow letters we've seen america's first couple uh even shirts that says uh, chasten for first gentleman and even make america gay again so there's there is all of this out there now that hasn't really hit them kind of the mainstream networks yet but it's coming if Buttigieg continues to improve uh... in not just in the polls but in the delicate count now obviously from a societal standpoint we we know there's been change i mean basically this is flipped on its head especially since 2015 I mean it was going in that direction already but the Supreme Court obviously legalizing gay marriage and now all of a sudden we're seeing two to one uh, for gay marriage as opposed to the opposite about 15 years ago or so but I think with Buttigieg one of the things I'm going to be looking for is how he does especially in South Carolina as it relates to the black community because especially black religious Um, African, or excuse me, black uh, religious folks down there. Uh, There was actually a focus group of black Democratic primary voters in South Carolina. They were questioned by the Buttigieg campaign. A report was done And it shows that Buttigieg is not doing well when it comes to his gay identity with um, African-Americans down there in the South. As a matter of fact, this is, let me read you from the report. This is the Buttigieg, uh, a report done for the Buttigieg Buttigieg campaign. Here it says, being gay was a barrier for these voters, talking about South Carolina voters, particularly for the men who seemed uncomfortable even discussing it. The report then went on to say this, that wasn't necessarily a red line to voting for him, but their preferences for his sex. Sexuality to not be front and center. And then this line uh, really kind of struck me from the New York Times. This is the chair of the Black Caucus, Johnny Cordero, the chair of the Black Caucus in South Carolina for the Democrats, saying this. Now remember, he, ju- he had just met with Buttigieg, and this is what he told the New York Times. To be honest with you, it's going to be a problem. I know he knows that because we've discussed it, and then he went on to say, my advice to Buttigieg was don't flaunt it. So we've got that. And of course, we know that the visual on all of this is coming as well. Chastin and Pete Buttigieg on stage. We've seen some hugging. Um, you know, will there be a kiss? I mean, there's there's a lot of things there that might potentially turn off some voters. I mean, let's just be honest uh, in, in that scenario. So you've got that. Also, one interesting point of all of this is that the LGBT community, the gay community, you may think they're in support of Buttigieg actually they're not matter of fact there was a, a poll just recently uh, once again a, another poll uh, and I'm just trying to get the oh, a morning consult excuse me morning consult national survey ready for this 34% of the LGBT community supports Bernie Sanders 19% support Elizabeth Warren Biden has a higher number than Buttigieg. Buttigieg is down at 12 percent. So you've got Bernie Sanders leading at 34 percent and Buttigieg at 12 percent within the gay community. Why is that? Well, it's pretty obvious, right? Progressives, uh, or the LGBT, uh, excuse me, the LGBT community, very progressive. They're younger, um, progressive young folks like Bernie, and they're going with ideology. It's not just about being gay, uh, and clearly that is working to Bernie Sanders advantage. So lot to wrap your head around. Uh, and we're going to do more of that with some anecdotal evidence from the campaign trail. When we speak with Adam Wren from Politico, he wrote the article being gay on the campaign trail with Pete Buttigieg, an interesting title, by the way, we'll talk to him more about it in a moment. All right, imagine this Valentine's Day story is you you're parked outside the restaurant where you're meeting your date in 10 minutes, you glance into the mirror, and you notice your wrinkles and large under eye bags. So you rummage through your bag thinking, where is your secret weapon? And there it is, Plexiderm. You apply the clear serum under your eyes and boom. Two minutes later, you start seeing the under eye bags and wrinkles disappearing in front of your eyes. You're gonna look years younger. Plexiderm is the clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet and under eye bags in minutes. It is the Valentine's Day gift that you give yourself. So go to triplexiderm.com, use my code VOICES for 50% off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm, plus, get this, an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off, plus an extra $10 off. This offer, by the way, also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee, visit TryPlexiderm.com today and use code VOICES at checkout. That's TryPlexiderm.com, code VOICES. And welcome back everybody to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. All right, time for our interview now with Adam Wren. He wrote this fascinating article uh, that appeared in Politico. It's it's long, it's like 23 pages. I printed it out, it's like 23 pages. Being gay on the campaign trail with Pete Buttigieg Uh, There's so many fascinating things in this article. We're going to discuss it. One of them specifically about how the uh, LGBT press and and, and many uh, gay correspondents are actually covering him around the campaign trail. So we'll get into that as part of our conversation. Here it is. Adam Wren joining us, a contributing editor for Political Magazine. Adam, thank you for joining us here.
1: Good to be with you, David.
2: Well, look, you have a fascinating article in Political Magazine, Being Gay on the Campaign Trail with Pete Buttigieg. Let me just start off kind of in a generic fashion and tell me a little bit about the article and how it came to be uh, and why this article was, uh, why you felt it was important to kind of get out and write this article.
1: Yeah, so uh, I have been uh, covering the mayor since around uh, late 2016, early 2017. And as I've I've traveled with him and his press corps, Um, I began to notice that an an increasing number of the reporters who covered him on a daily basis, uh, like him, also identified uh, as being gay. And I thought that that was an interesting dynamic. Uh, Not only did you have for the first time the first major party, mainstream, uh, front-running candidate running for president as openly gay, but you also had for the first time a number of reporters covering him as openly gay. Um, And I think this is a fascinating trend. You know, Over a long period of time, uh, the press corps has kind of looked uh, in some ways, uh, uh, you know, pretty homogenous in terms of their diversity. But for the first time in 2020, we're really seeing the the candidates being covered by people who look like him. If you look at former uh, at Senator Kamala Harris's uh, press corps, uh, they were, um, you know, non-white women covering her. And if you look at Elizabeth Warren's press corps, they are, uh, you know, predominantly female and so it's sort of an interesting trend that's happening across the board with different democratic candidates and then certainly with uh, Pete Buttigieg.
2: What has been your experience specifically with these uh, as you talk to these reporters I know you mentioned DJ Judd who's a CNN video producer Talking about you know even having to kind of get a pulse of the gay community about Buttigieg and going to gay bars to see what gay voters uh, think. Uh, what what what's been the overall sense of reporters covering? Uh, when I was talking about reporters, I'm talking about uh, gay reporters covering a gay candidate. That's uh, that must must make for an interesting dynamic, I would think.
1: Yeah, you know there have there's been conflict um, for them and um, externally uh, from people who believe that they are covering the candidate. Um, with Kid Gloves, uh, because they share uh, the same sexual identity, uh, you know, people on the Warren campaign and Sanders campaign have complained that uh, Pete just has been getting coverage that's too soft. Uh, but for them, the, the actual reporters, they say that gives them a window into the candidate's thinking and how he relates to voters, how he relates to to others. And so uh, it's an interesting sort of fraught uh, dynamic. Um, you know, I think that uh, it's something that we'll continue to see play out uh, as the race continues.
2: What is your sense there on the ground um, there, Adam, in terms of, you know, our, our podcast is fo- focusing on whether or not uh, America is ready for a gay president? What have been some of the reactions from uh, voters and kind of on a campaign trail from that standpoint?
1: You know, on the campaign trail, there's sort of this um, overwhelming sense. That you know, this is this is fairly incredible. Uh, we now have the first openly gay presidential candidate uh, who's a front who has front runner status, who has just uh, claimed you know uh, the majority of delegates so far in the ter- first two presidential contests in Iowa and New Hampshire, and just two cycles ago, every mainstream uh, nominee uh, for their party opposed gay marriage, uh, and so it's just sort of um, remarkable how quickly this has become in a lot of parts of America, a non-issue. Of course, you know, there are parts of uh, evangelical America, uh, members of the the black religious community who, um, you know, still have a problem with with the former mayor's um, uh, sexuality. Uh, But for the most part, it's just remarkable how how quickly it seems to become as a non-issue. Buttigieg himself has got pushback from the LGBTQ community that he's not actually running as as a gay mayor, that he is not fully embracing his, his identity. So in, in a lot of ways, similar to former President Barack Obama, who was you know, sometimes criticized for how he approached his race, uh, you know, Buttigieg is opposed, uh, opposed for how he sort of embraces or doesn't fully embrace his sexuality.
2: You know, that raises an interesting point I want to get to in a moment. But you also mentioned uh, the black religious community, and obviously it's something uh, that I follow as well. And uh, you talk a little bit more about that, because for him to become the first gay president, uh, openly gay president in America, he'd have to be the nominee. Uh, To be the nominee, he's going to need to go from... I don't know what is it zero point zero percent of the you know what I'm trying to say. I mean he's he has got a lot of work to do in the African American community, uh, especially as it relates to South Carolina. What can you tell us uh, about that situation?
1: Yes, so the campaign argument has always been you know watch us win Iowa, watch us do well in New Hampshire, and then um, you know people in the black community will uh, will sort of coalesce around our co- coalition once they see that we can win. Um, you know we have a very short time, about 17 days here, uh, to test that theory. Uh, and, you know, he spent about $2 million in South Carolina uh, advertising, trying to get his name ID up there, and really hasn't moved the meter. And so, you know, while the black community, the black re- religious community in particular, isn't homogenous in how they approach this issue, there's certainly some parts of it uh, that, that have opposition and aren't quite on board um, with, with the mayor's sexuality. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be a fascinating sort of political science case to see whether he or not he can uh, really get that community to uh, support him, and he has a short amount of time to do it.
2: Liz Smith, uh, and I know I know her well. Obviously, a, a, a major influential um, a fo- person within the campaign, a senior, senior advisor, talked about how reporters are covering Pete Buttigieg on the uh, on him being gay and. She talks about in this article, it's really a really great article, uh, she talks about how you have reporters who could basically completely erase the historic nature of the candidacy, and then there's others that cover it in a very sensational manner. It seems to me that this is going to be kind of a uh, an amoeba situation as, as it moves forward, though I would think the historic nature of the candidacy, if it continues, is going to get even more prominent.
1: Yeah, you know, it was interesting um, in Iowa, because of the way the results were muddled uh, on uh, last Tuesday night, uh, you know, he didn't sort of get the sensational headline, you know, the first, the first gay, uh, politician wins, uh, delegates out of Iowa. That headline did not come out the following morning on Wednesday Instead, the headlines were all about how, uh, the Iowa democratic party messed up, uh, the caucuses. So, um, we haven't seen that storyline, um, as much play out yet. Uh, it's, It's sort of got buried in some places, but I think that you're right that as the contest goes on, if he continues to do well, uh, we'll see more of that uh, come out in the press.
2: Let me ask you two last questions, Adam. Uh, The the visuals on all of this, I mean, you know, if we can just be frank for a moment, uh, some of this may work in a a Democratic uh, nomination process. But when you get to a general election, you bring in independents and others, you wonder if the visual uh, with the, the first gentle, potential first gentleman and his husband uh, and them on stage together um, could be, um, I, I don't know how to say this, but but a visual that might not work to their advantage. I, I'm wondering if that's been discussed at all.
1: You know, it's interesting to see how they deployed um, Shaston Buttigieg, uh Mayor uh, Pete's uh, husband, at various times throughout the campaign. You know, he um, was on the stage last April in South Bend when the candidate uh, formerly launched his candidacy. And, you know, they sort of embraced and kissed. Um, And that was an image, you know, that was carried on, you know, the major networks and the cable networks. Um, And, you know, he has been featured prominently on the stage in sort of the final sprint in Iowa and New Hampshire. Um, And so it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see, you know how that happens. Um, how how they continue to embrace that. Certainly, um, there are parts of America that are not ready to to embrace that. You know, in many in many churches uh, around America, uh, Buttigieg would not be qualified to be in a leadership position, uh, and yet here we're in a situation where he could potentially uh, lead the the United States of America should he win his. Party's nomination and go on to be uh, President Trump, which is still, you know, very much uh, in doubt as to whether or not that could happen. The president uh, is very strong right now in his reelection campaign. Of course, we did see last night, though, in exit polls that Buttigieg, among the entire field, was the one candidate who New Hampshire uh, voters thought could could challenge President Trump.
2: Yeah, I noticed that he was. Uh, I think it was 28% uh, of Iowa voters uh, said the Buttigieg is the best one to do. With 21% Sanders and Biden falling down the list at 10%. Hey, last question, real quick. Uh, progressives and younger voters uh, typically. They, those are the LGBT. I mean, that's that's the, the the gay vote, if you will. The the younger progressive crowd, but. The poll suggests that a younger progressive crowd, even within the gay community, is kind of leaning towards or going with Sanders. I, I wouldn't That would make sense from a progressive ideology standpoint. Are you finding that Buttigieg might not be getting the traction in the in the gay community that that they may have thought they were going to get?
1: Well, I think, David, that's a really incisive observation that you make and one that I found on the campaign trail as well. Um, Buttigieg uh, is, in some parts of that world, vehemently disliked. Um, Uh, Even among his fellow uh, LGBTQ people who identify that way, you know, they they find him to be, uh, in their words, in some cases, a a fraud. Uh, They do not uh, believe that he um, is fully uh, uh, on their side in issues. And in some cases, you've seen um, the gay press uh, publications like Out Magazine have endorsed Warren uh, and not even mentioning Buttigieg in their uh, editorial endorsing uh the massachusetts senators so i think that's an incisive observation in more in many ways you're seeing Buttigieg kind of tacked to the center left and in some cases you know when winning when you know maybe former republicans in in the suburbs uh that really is more his kind of uh voting block than these young progressives who are part of the bernie and uh, uh warren delegation and of course uh on after New Hampshire, we saw when Bernie Sanders mentioned Buttigieg's name uh, that the crowd jeered uh, that they booed uh, Buttigieg. And when he mentioned Warren's name, they cheered for her. So uh, you're right that their voting blocks are going to be a difficult thing for Buttigieg to embrace. In many ways, uh, they almost dislike him as much as uh, they dislike President
2: Trump. Adam Wren, a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Love the article. Great, uh, great reporting out there. And we really appreciate it. Hope you'll come back soon.
1: Thanks, David. Anytime.
2: That is Adam Wren with Politico. Fascinating insight and really give you some anecdotal evidence uh, for and against whether or not uh, Mayor Pete can be president of the United States. We'll obviously keep an eye on it. A couple quick final points to make. Look, this is going to be a historic candidacy if it indeed happens. In other words, the drumbeat and the articles about this will continue to uh, press on and become a much bigger deal than it is even now. So I think it's really important to understand that, that the campaign, the Buttigieg campaign, is gonna have to kind of deal with this uh, in an even bigger fashion as he increases uh, in, in delegate count and also in notoriety around the country. Because let's be honest, if you still say, if you line 10 people up on the street and say Buttigieg, uh, I think you're maybe getting one or two uh, people that are actually understanding uh, who he is and, and what he's all about. Uh, one other point to make, very important from a political standpoint, look, Barack Obama's administration, uh, the, the folks within the administration, whether it be an Axelrod or some senior advisors, they're keeping their powder dry. I mean, uh, I know for a fact that a lot of these Obama, former Obama administration officials like Buttigieg, but you know, you always wanna make sure you're casting your vote, if you will, or your endorsement on the winning horse. And so that's really important here uh, for them. So if it gets to a point where it looks like it's gonna be Bernie and, and Buttigieg, then you can see some of those endorsements start to roll in. And then, of course, at that point, Buttigieg would for sure increase in stature. And what the Buttigieg campaign hopes, obviously, is uh, delegates to win the nomination. We'll see. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but those are a couple things to think about. All right. Uh, That's it. The pod's honest truth. Uh, We want to make sure you check back here. We have a lot of great interviews. We've had the vice president uh, on. We've had uh, Charlie Kirk, Ralph Reed, the U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman. Uh, A lot of folks uh so so you want to make sure you definitely keep it here remember you can find the pods honest truth on itunes stitcher iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcast please subscribe i would love it uh ka <sighs> whatever that's a sound effect uh and a big thanks uh to grace uh cutler uh doing uh the wonderful job she's doing somewhere virally out there in uh, the stratosphere of podcast land uh grace thanks for all to help. All right, that's it for now. I'm David Brody. You've been listening to The Pod's Honest Truth.